Welcome back. We're in Revelation chapter 21, verse 9. Let's go. Verse 9. Then one of the seven angels who had seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Also, she had a great and high wall with twelve gates and twelve angels at the gates, and names written on them, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. Three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, three gates on the west. That's verses 9 through 13. So we observe them. Now we're going to go and interpret them and apply them. Verse 9. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues. So John's just telling us that one of the angels that we've previously had an encounter with in Revelation is telling him something. It says it came to him, which is John, and talked with him, saying, uh, Come, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. So he's inviting John to come see this future event that will take place and show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. Now, the bride generally means the church. When we think of the bride of the Christ today, we think about the church. And the church, of course, is all believers in Jesus Christ in the church age. Not Old Testament saints, but just the church age, which is still going and will end with the rapture. We will be married to Jesus. That's the wedding, uh, marriage supper of the Lamb, the, the wedding to Jesus. He is the head, we are the body, and we will be married. He is the groom and we are the bride. Okay, But... It's likely that this now appears in the eternal kingdom, that the bride is now referring in the future, uh, to the, not to the church, but to New Jerusalem, because that's where Christ is dwelling. Just as we are temples where the Holy Spirit lives now, in the new eternal kingdom, he will live in New Jerusalem. Jesus and the Father will be dwelling together, and we will be dwelling with them. So... Perhaps this just refers to the New Jerusalem as the bride, uh, even though we reference it now as us, the church being the bride, which we are, but he uses this term differently according to this interpretation. There may, may be another valid interpretation out there, of course. Um, well, uh, let me let me step back and say that, that I, I just don't know. I think the one, one interpretation is that the bride is the New Jerusalem, and I tend to think that he may be referring to that to that here. But I'm not going to be dogmatic about it. He's not entirely clear to us this new etern- this eternal kingdom that we're about to talk about, that we're starting to talk about. It doesn't have a lot of details. He doesn't tell us a lot about it. He tells us a little bit about it, but it's sufficient. And basically what we want to take away is there will be, God will have done away at the end of the millennial kingdom. He will have done away with the earth as we know it. In the heavens as we know them. They will be completely destroyed and he will make them anew. There'll be a new earth, new heavens, and then we're having this city, this heavenly city that we'll call the New Jerusalem that's coming out of heaven. God creates it instantly and it comes down. Perhaps it comes down all the way to the earth. Probably not. It kind of seems like it's suspended between the heavens and the earth. 
We'll talk more about that uh, probably during this podcast. So it says, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. So if he carried him away in the spirit to this great and high mountain, then it appears that he's probably taking him to the earth where there is a mountain, where there is topography. So that tells us that the new earth is likely to have mountains and topography. And it says, and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem. So which, what's the great city? That's holy Jerusalem. This is what we'd call the new Jerusalem. Of course, there's Jerusalem that's around today. And this will be a brand new city called the holy Jerusalem. And we'll call it the new Jerusalem that comes out of heaven. It says descending out of heaven from God. So descending, meaning it's coming down uh, from heaven. And uh, most um, scholars believe that it doesn't come all the way to the earth, that it's suspended somewhere you know, between earth and the heavens. And this is completely God-created. It comes down from heaven. Everything will revolve around it. Light will come from it. Why? Because that's where God will dwell. And God is light. If God is light and dwells there, that's where the light will come from. And there'll be no more sin, right? Sin is represented by darkness. And we need light to be able to see. We need light to be able to see colors. And God is light, and he'll be in the New Jerusalem, so it will shine. We'll read more about that. It says, Then, having the glory of God. Okay, her light was a most precious stone, like a jasper stone. Many believe this is referring to a diamond here, the word jasper referring to a diamond, brilliant in its colors. And think about you and I, we are like diamonds, and that God applies pressure to our lives, or allows pressure to be put on us so that we can be refined and better reflect the character of God. A diamond comes from that pressure from a coal, or on a coal, and results in a diamond. The pressure that's putting on us, the suffering that we go through, the circumstances that we go through have purpose, right? Nothing is without purpose. And what the enemy intends for evil, God intends for good. And we're told that um, suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, character hope. We're told to count on all joy when you go through various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, right? So here's a question for you. Do you appreciate the refining process of your life? When push comes to shove, do you give up with hopelessness and anger and resentment because of the money situation, the job situation, the cancer situation, the death, whatever it is, politics, it's just ripping your joy from you? Is that what you're doing? Or are you trusting God and asking him to guide you through your storm with peace and hope. And if you pray for that, I believe he'll give it to you. And if you have that peace and hope going through the storm, someone's going to recognize that. They're going to see something different about you, which will hopefully lead to a conversation of them saying, how did you do that? And you'll say, I couldn't have done it my own. It's all because of Jesus. He just gave me the hope and the joy 
that I needed to get through the situation. And now I'm stronger before it. And the next storm I go through, I'm going to weather it better. Just like a captain at sea or a pilot in an airplane. Right? You hit that storm in the sea or the turbulence in an airplane and you're just like someone on that ship or someone on the airplane who kind of gets freaked out. It's like, oh, we're going to crash. Is the storm going to take us? Is this turbulence going to take us down? But you get a seasoned captain, a seasoned pilot, and then go through those big storms there. The hurricanes at sea and the water spouts and big waves and whatever and the pilot in the air with the going through a lightning storm or big clouds and the plane shaking around and they're just cool, right? They're just cool cat and just like, yeah, been here, done this. We're going to make it through. I know what to do. And that's where God wants to, wants us to be. He wants us to be that captain. He wants us to be that pilot that's been through rough seas, through storms, so that we can say... I got this. We're going to make it through it, but I'm trusting in the one who put me here, the one who created me, the one who loves me more than anyone on this earth, the one who has a more vested interest in me than, in, in me than anyone on the earth because he literally died for me on that cross. Do you believe that? Do you trust that? Do you see the growth that can come from that? Because I've been through a lot of storms in my life. And now when I go through a storm, I go through it with more calm, and resolve than I ever have before because I've been through those storms and I've trusted Christ and I trust him with all of my life and I encourage you to as well and then at verse 12 it says also she had a great and high wall with 12 gates there were ultimately 13 tribes of Israel uh, this is uh, going to represent 12 tribes of Israel and we're not sure which these 12 tribes are, but likely the tribes of Manasseh and Ephraim are jointly represented by Joseph. One interpretation is that the church will reside in the city with God, but that Israel will reside below the city on earth. And they will only come up to the city, the holy Jerusalem, the new city, the new Jerusalem, to worship God. And they'll enter through the gate associated with their respective tribe. Since the Israelites didn't dwell in the tabernacle in the Old Testament, they similarly will not dwell in the tabernacle in the eternal kingdom. So that's one interpretation. That the church, <coughs> the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, will reside with him in this new holy city, the new Jerusalem, but that Israel will reside on the new earth, below this new city. And they'll have access to come up and they'll enter in through the gates associated with their tribe. But they'll actually live on the earth and just come up to the new Jerusalem to worship. That is uh, one interpretation. Again, we're not given a ton of facts about the eternal kingdom. Um, and it says, okay. Notice that the gates are not closed as a means of defense like you might have in, in your home or community or a castle or something like that. But rather the gates are simply a memorial to God's work in the prior earth in creation, which we're in right now. But we're looking forward and at that, that, that moment kind of seeing what, what the purpose might be is them looking back and saying, oh, <clears throat> this is a memorial to the prior kingdom, this is, uh, to the you know kingdom on earth that we currently have. Um, and... They remind people that God's plan was perfect all along. That he worked through sinful, fallible people, just like you and me, who could choose to reject him or to love him. 
and see their lives changed and filled with joy and hope and forgiveness through the cleansing that we can experience through Jesus and trusting that he's sovereign and trusting his plan and trusting that what we're experiencing now has purpose and it is only temporary. If you love Jesus, your rewards are eternal. But the hashtag blessing, big house, new car, vacation, that's temporary. The hashtag suffering, uh, cancer, death, any of that stuff, that's temporary. There's purpose to this life and what we do for Jesus Christ will last. Everything else will just be burned up. So let's make sure that we are on fire working to glorify him and not to glorify ourselves. It says, so we'll start over with verse 12. Also, she had a great and high wall with 12 gates and 12 angels at the gates and names written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. So notice also that Israel is not left out and not forgotten. Some people, very, very bad theology. And, and I get it to some degree because Israel sees this as a nation. So a lot of this bad theology be, uh, was initiated before 1948. But as soon as 1948 hit and Israel became a nation again, by the way, the only nation in the history of the world that stopped being a nation, ceased to be a nation, and then came back into an existence as a nation, the only one, uh, think about that. And that's just incredible, right? But some people have bad theology saying, oh, God wrote Israel out of the equation. They have nothing to do with the eternal kingdom. That is completely wrong. And, and another bad theology that's out there is that all Jewish people, all Jewish people of all ages are saved. That also is incorrect. The Bible is absolutely clear on both of those concepts. That Israel is the nation that God chose to work through. Yes, they largely rejected him as a nation, certainly. And individually, many of them did. But just like Abraham who came to faith who came, you know, was saved by faith and not by works. We know that through Hebrews, that he was credited with righteousness by his faith, not by his works. And that was before the law. That was way before, I think it was 400 or so years before Moses, um, you know, in the, in the Ten Commandments. So how could he be saved by the law if the law wasn't even around at that point in time? So it was by faith. So any Jewish person gets to heaven through faith. And they have no excuses because now Jesus has come. And since Jesus' time, it's very easy to see. Jesus was the Messiah. Look at Isaiah. They can read Isaiah and say, whoa, okay. They can look at the Bible and say, okay, what did Jesus fulfill that was prophesied about the coming Messiah? From the tribe of, uh, you know, the Lion of Judah, a descendant of, of David, Nazarene, born in Bethlehem, all that stuff just lines up perfectly, and it fulfills, and they missed it. But some of them have not missed it, and that's what we tend to call a messianic Jew, is someone who believes that Jesus is the Messiah. And... So Israel was God's chosen nation. They rebelled against him, but those who believed that they could be saved by faith in God and not by works will experience this everlasting life with God. In Romans 9, 3 to 5, I'll read it real quick. It says, For I could wish that I myself were cursed from Christ for my, for my brethren, 
my countrymen according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertain the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, and the promises, of whom are the fathers, and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came, who is over all the eternally blessed God. Amen. So that shows us that Israel is important because without Israel, we have no covenants, or law, or even Jesus. So Israel is crucial to God's plan, but don't get confused thinking that all Israelites have eternal life because the majority, or a large portion of them, do not because they haven't accepted Jesus. And lastly, in verse 13, it says three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west, so on all sides. Uh, tomorrow we'll pick up in verse 14. If you hear a sound in the back of this, there's a red bird that's attacking my window right now. He does it daily. Lord, thank you for uh, the red birds even when they attack my window. Uh, thank you for uh, all the people listening to this, whether they know you or don't know you. For those who don't know you, I pray that they pursue you and learn about you and place their faith in you. For those who do know you, like myself, I pray that you would just encourage us, strengthen us, help us to have greater hope, greater joy, that we would not walk around like we've been sucking on lemons, all sad and sour and angry, Lord, but that we, when something pushes us to the side, when a storm pushes us and we have that turbulence in our lives, Lord, that we would just stand steadfast knowing that you're God and you're in control and trusting you and still smiling through it, Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to Daily Verse by Verse. We want you to be prepared in season and out of season to study the whole counsel of God so that you can share with people who Jesus is through your actions so that you have the right to tell them who Jesus is so that they can come to know Jesus or come to know Jesus better. We strongly encourage you to share this message, this podcast on your social media, Facebook, Instagram, message, email someone who you think could benefit from it. It's an easy way for you to go out and witness to the world just by sharing this podcast. We hope you'll join us tomorrow. Have a wonderful day.